in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News Today. The argument over online censorship continues later on today. Good morning, everyone. I'm Sally Hernandez. And I'm Tom Miller. The U.S. Supreme Court hearing from both sides about a Texas law that prevents major social media platforms from blocking certain users. Attorney General Ken Paxson is defending this law. In 2021, Texas adopted that law, allowing the state and its residents to sue large social media companies if they believe the companies unfairly blocked or censored them. Two technology-based trade associations sued the state to prevent the enforcement of that law. NetChoice and the Computer and Communications Industry Association both, both arguing that internet companies have a First Amendment right to curate content posted on their platforms and decide which types of speech they see fit to be there. But the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit Court upheld the state's law. The trade association then appealed this ruling over to the Supreme Court. First warning weather with meteorologist Kristen Curry. Well, good Monday morning to you. Let's start out in Gillespie County. Our Barron's Creek Vineyards camera there in Fredericksburg showing some cloud cover up top. These clouds going to be on and off for not only today, but for the next several days. It'll be a mix of sunshine and clouds as we get going into the day. Hill country temperatures, not bad. Very mild as we start the day with 60 in Burnett, 69 in Horseshoe Bay, 59 out in Castell. We've got 70s even in Round Mountain. Our awesome Metro temperatures in those upper 50s to low 60s, 60 in Round Rock, 61 in Pflugerville, 62 in Lakeway with upper 50s down in Wimberley. And our eastern county is sitting comfortably in the low to mid 60s, 65 in Giddings, 63 in Bastrop, 62 in Lockhart. These temperatures much closer to average high temperatures than they are lows. We are unseasonably warm again today. Visibility is going to be something to watch in the next couple of hours. You can already see some fog developing out towards Hayes, Caldwell, Southern Bastrop, and Southern Travis County. Visibility down to about two and a half miles in Lockhart, but less than a mile already in San Marcos. That fog will mix out, but like I said, some of the cloud cover up top will stay. Today is likely to be the warmest day of the year so far. Unbelievable afternoon highs, especially given the fact that, yes, it is still winter. It is still February, but it's not going to look or feel like it as we get into the later part of today. It does come with an end, though. We've got a midweek cold front and a strong cold front at that, but limited rainfall opportunities. This is going to be more of a windmaker and a temperature dropper than anything. But we'll talk more about all those details, getting you ready for the new work week coming up in your first morning forecast. Thank you, Kristen. Opening statements begin today in the trial of two Williamson County deputies accused of killing a man. Prosecutors allege former deputy Zachary Camden and James Johnson acted recklessly when arresting Javier Ambler, a black man, back in 2019. They are charged with manslaughter now. They used a stun gun on Ambler after he reportedly told the deputies he had a health condition and could not breathe. Crews with a now-canceled reality TV show Live PD caught that arrest on camera. While that footage never made it on air, it led to the Javier Ambler law that bans law enforcement from contracting with reality shows. Jury selection begin, began last week, and our sources tell us that other than an alternate, there are no black jurors. A broken water line left about 2,000 Mainer residents with brown water over the weekend, and it's not the first time it happened, according to some people living in that community. Yeah, Kick Sam Stark talks to a homeowner who says this has happened too often. You 
turn your water on and it's looking like you're drinking Coca-Cola, it's not okay. Michelle Taylor was doing her laundry over the weekend. When she pulled out her clothes, she noticed everything was brown. And I was like, really, you know, alarmed. Like, what's going on? She ran her sink and this is what she saw. This is unacceptable. This is the worst we've seen it. And we should not have to live like this in this modern day and age. Absolutely not. The city of Maynard tells us it has a contract with the Manville Water Supply Corporation to provide water to some Maynard neighborhoods. Manville told customers Friday that a private contractor hit one of Manville's water lines last week. The city said the incident affected as many as 2,000 homes. While many residents have been able to get the brown residue flushed out, some in the city's leadership say that more funds are needed to ensure the water infrastructure is strong enough to support the city's growth and make these incidents less common. So being able to let our legislators know and congressmen know that as we grow, we need assistance with our infrastructure. For Taylor, since she moved into her Mater home just a couple of years ago, she says this has happened dozens of times. I want to see Mena grow. I want to see it become a beautiful town, and I want to, you know, be proud to live here. But it's just a nightmare. In Maynard, Sam Stark, KXAN News. Emergency aid for Ukraine, Israel, and the Indo-Pacific is cleared the Senate. Not the House, though. When we could see the president weigh in. And after making changes to the cages, the Nina Austin's Animal Center as it is running out of room. Good morning, this is a live look out in Fredericksburg, which uh, a little more than a month from now will be the center of the eclipse universe. We have a story on that later on in the newscast. First though, Russia's invasion of Ukraine marked two years over the weekend, the fighting continuing with Russia hitting a railway station with a bomb. The blast damaged the rail station's main building and surrounding apartments. Region police released a statement noting that after the bomb, four S-300 missiles hit the town. Russian President Vladimir Putin has previously said that troops would push further into Ukraine. Back here in the U.S., Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer urged Republican House Speaker Mike Johnson to put the Senate foreign aid package on the House floor. Speaker Johnson previously said he won't be rushed into a decision. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky sat down with NBC and says Ukraine urgently needs resources from allies to continue defending itself. What happens to your country if this American aid doesn't arrive? We will lose a lot of people. We will lose territories. United States focused on also on interior questions, political questions, you know, this tough period, election period. And that's why uh, it's a little bit slow. But the answer is if to give us strong package in one time, our steps will be more strong on the battlefield. We will lose less people and we will win. President Biden is expected to meet with four top congressional leaders at the White House tomorrow, including both Johnson and Schumer, as well as House Minority Leader Akeem Jeffries and Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. According to a White House official, President Biden will press lawmakers on passing the emergency aid package. President Biden will also push for legislation to avert a looming government shutdown ahead of next month. Passing legislation would keep the federal government operating through the end of September. 
How a local musician has helped diversify the rock and roll scene in Texas for decades. Wants to continue leveling the playing field for artists. With Austin Light Rail Designs ongoing, where Project Connect leaders are zeroing in on to build future stations across the city. It's been 22 years since Texas baseball did what they did on Sunday. I've got more on that coming up. Good morning, everyone. Happy Monday. This is a live look that we have for you at our camera over in Georgetown. Rise and shine on this Monday, February the 26th, ending the month of February in a very warm way. Well, in your news this morning, popular musician and Austin resident Beavis Griffin has helped diversify the rock and roll scene in Texas for decades. But his story started back in Wichita Falls, Texas, when he was only in high school. Yeah, it was a long time ago. And Marcus Shia Jackson tells us how Griffin broke down barriers in rock and roll, plans to continue leveling the playing field for artists. Music. From hip-hop, country, to rock and roll, it unites us. The black audience was always up in the balcony, and the white kids were always down on the floor. But see, this music was bringing them together. Born to two parents who loved music, Bevis Griffin recalls what he saw as a musician touring. Ike and Tina Turner and blah, blah, blah. Those people were all friends of my dad. The family would later move from Los Angeles to Wichita Falls, Texas. Which was my first exposure to the real juxtaposition of racial disparity. There were pickets. When I went to Wichita Falls High School, people were picketing outside the school, you know, resenting the fact that we were being bused there. School wasn't pleasant. That's what really kind of drove me towards my interest in music. One summer, he and some classmates took a trip to Austin. After seeing the live music scene, he knew it was for him. I was personally influenced by the British invasion from 1964. Bands like the Beatles. An inspiration from Jimi Hendrix led him to believe he could have a career in rock and roll. He moved to Austin, and as they say, the rest was history. Griffin nicknamed the Texas Black Rock Maverick for all he's done for the Texas rock and glam rock scenes. We were playing everything from Quonset huts to formal nightclubs to, you know, teen parties, uh, weddings, <laughs> you yeah. name it. You know, if they had 300 bucks, we were there. A part of many bands. It wasn't until a move to New York that he knew he had a bigger purpose. That in most spaces, I was the only black person in the space, more often than not. So he became one of the founders for the Black Rock Coalition, a nonprofit promoting the creative freedom and works of black musicians. With the power of soul, anything is possible. Hmm. Love that. Music yes. is such a universal language and, and for many an outlet and therapeutic, you know. Yeah. So the fact that he started with, he was in rough times at school and turned to music, a lot of people have that story. Absolutely. It's, they tried so hard to divide them, but his music brought them together. I think Absolutely. that's such a beautiful story. We were, ju we were just talking, too, about like the <laughs> instruments that we played growing up. I, in fifth grade, took up the saxophone. Very nice. Didn't last forever. And it's I, you talk about universal language. It is 
it, it is hard to read that it's music. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's one thing I wish I hung on yeah, to. Same, same. <laughs> Let me show you what's going on with your forecast today. It's February, but you would never know looking outside today. Right now, we've got dry skies, a little bit of cloud cover, and those clouds are going to be with us more days than not this week. But our Indeed domain camera is showing things looking pretty nice. It's going to be some patchy fog we'll watch for this morning, but not widespread fog issues. Dew points down in the hill country. This is important. This is going to play a role in your temperatures later today, but the dew points a little further along and east of I-35 are showing 50s and 60s. So enough humidity to potentially bring us some patchy fog, but not enough to see, unfortunately, uh, any sort of showers or storms. We're missing the trigger. We're missing a lift, and we won't see that today. Temperatures up top. 50s and 60s. It is very comfortable this morning and you'll notice looking outside this afternoon your bus stop forecast calling for a high of 88. It is unseasonably warm, unbelievably warm for some of us. Mostly partly sunny skies up top of those highs in the 80s, but the dry air, those lower dew points in the hill country, that's what I think is going to be the the determining factor of your high temperatures because I think you'll be much warmer than the rest of us. Dry air is easier to heat up than humid air or moist air. So it's a very real possibility. We're talking mid to even upper 90s in the hill country this afternoon, whereas I-35 eastward, we're likely to see temperatures more so in those mid to upper 80s. Bottom line, everybody's warm as high pressure is still in control. There will be a storm system moving well to the north of us, sends down a cold from early Wednesday morning, and that is going to put an end or at least a pause for now with those warm temperatures. You'll notice tomorrow mid to upper 80s, then watch the map here. You can see that cold front just bring all that cooler air from north to south across the entire state. That leaves our Wednesday and Thursday in the 50s. We'll likely see high temperatures hit early in the morning on Wednesday meaning Wednesday afternoon, we only get cooler. Now, this isn't going to bring freezing temperatures, but it is going to bring a significant drop in temperatures and a lot of wind. What it won't bring, unfortunately, a whole lot of rainfall opportunities. Our seven-day rainfall forecast is meager. I mean, maybe a tenth of an inch with some spotty showers coming in on Thursday, but that's it. This seven-day forecast remains largely dry for the majority of Central Texas. That said, highs in the upper 80s today, mostly to partly cloudy. Tonight, mid 60s. So tomorrow morning is going to be another mild one. Then we see one more day in those upper 80s. Cold front arrives early in the day on Wednesday. So your midweek temperatures tumbling, 50s and 60s as afternoon highs. Again, reminder, we're waking up to those kind of temperatures right now. Some spotty showers possible on Thursday, but I'm not expecting much. Most of the partly cloudy skies return Friday through the weekend, but because the winds turn a little more southerly, you'll notice the temperatures warming back up quickly. Back to the 80s we go this weekend. Overnight lows, I should say, staying far from freezing here in Austin for the next six to seven mornings. Thank you, Kristen. An active duty airman set himself on fire in Washington, D.C. over the weekend. He's now in critical condition. Secret Services agents responded to reports of a person possibly experiencing a medical or mental health emergency yesterday. Authorities said it happened outside of the Israeli embassy. First responders extinguished the fire and took the man to the hospital. And according to authorities, no embassy staff were injured and they are said to be safe.
A man from Houston has allegedly made more than $1.7 million from insider training. Securities and Exchange Commission says he did it by eavesdropping on several of his wife's work from home calls. Tyler Loudon overheard his wife, a BP mergers and acquisitions manager, discuss one of the company's acquisitions. The commission says that he bought more than 46,000 shares of the company's stocks ahead of the merger announcement, which was last year. It says Loudon's wife was not aware that her husband made the purchase. He pled guilty to securities fraud and agreed to forfeit the money to authorities, according to the U.S. Attorney's Office. And he now faces up to five years in federal prison, as well as a $250,000 fine. Two dozen Starlink satellites are now up in low Earth orbit. SpaceX launching them over the weekend. You see that here on this Falcon 9 rocket. Yeah, following stage separation, the first stage will land on the a shortfall of Gravitas drone ship station in the Atlantic Ocean. This was the 13th flight for the first stage booster supporting this mission. The Austin Animal Center says it needs people looking to adopt or foster a dog as soon as possible. Shelter says it's getting close to being critically over capacity, running out of crates for medium and large dogs. So if you're interested in fostering or adopting a dog, you can visit the Austin Animal Center any day of the week between 11 in the morning and 7 at night. Giving you some context here, last month the shelter told us plan to phase out temporary pop-up crates like the ones you see here. The Animal Center started using these in 2015 to handle the overcrowding. Head of the change, here's what a shelter employee said when asked by city council whether the removing of the crates will hurt intake operations. And the answer is yes, um, it will. But what's our, what's our solution to that? We do have the real estate division looking at possible additional locations for expansion. The state has written up the Animal Center for continually using these crates. We don't know when new space for a shelter expansion will happen. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning to you. Cal Poly baseball team came to Austin to face the Longhorns, and they went back to the central coast of California with no runs on the weekend. Texas and Cal Poly wrapping up the three-game series on Sunday. Longhorns with a couple of shutouts, and then, well, already up one to nothing when Max Ballou, the sophomore who didn't have a hit coming into the series, goes deep not once but twice. Yeah, he's fired up to start swinging the bat. Another great crowd at the dish and mentioned the pitch. And Cody Howard started it. Five shutout innings. Gage Bame with a couple of strikeouts in his only inning of appearance. And then the Longhorns continue. Jared Thomas, a big series. And, well, he went deep earlier in the series. There he goes short. The Bunt single, steals second, and then trots home on Peyton Powell's second home run of the day. And Texas grabs control of this one. They kept putting up zeros, and then they added more thanks to the long ball. Jalen Flores, the sophomore shortstop. First homer of the year was that one on opening night. This one to left field, and then Easton Tumas. The final of the four Longhorn pitchers looking for the combined shutout. And they get it. Last time they won a series, three zip, all three shutouts, 2002 against UT Pan American. Well, I've been doing this a long time, and that's the first time ever that we've gone three straight at home in a series, same team, and um, put up 27 innings of 
shutout baseball. Uh, it was really impressive, but also just contribute that to the defense that we played today. It was good to get my confidence back and uh, just feel all the guys just believe me on the bench. Uh, yeah, uh, started off slow first weekend. I was glad to catch a couple barrels this weekend. I think it's going to be a huge confidence booster um, for the team. Um, we haven't put anyone away like we wanted to in the first weekend. But uh, having, playing a good team like Cal Poly and shutting them out and sweeping, getting the sweep, um, it's going to be a huge confidence boost we're going into this week. Um, but we got to have a short memory and get back to work tomorrow. Fans enjoying a little music after the ball game there. One more game in this eight-game homestand for the Longhorns tomorrow night against St. John's. And then they go to Minute Maid Park for three games beginning Friday night against LSU. Back to you. For those listening on the KXAN Today podcast, thanks for being with us. Here's what we're tracking at five. Why some are not happy with the jury set as the man, uh, I should say a manslaughter trial of two former Williamson County deputies is starting today.